The most important thing is that you have a vision, that you have a goal. Because without that vision and without that goal, again, you're drifting around and you're never going to end up anywhere. People don't become successful just by accident. You're going to get your ass kicked, we're going to get the shit kicked out of us. You got to get up, you got to have faith that the one thing you wanted to happen, oftentimes is the best thing that never happened. So have faith, just keep that in mind, keep plugging away. Never accept the limitations of someone else. Somebody told you that it's impossible. Don't even try. Give up before you even fucking try it for yourself. Never accept the goddamn limitations that someone else has placed upon you. And now, fitnessinformant.com presents the Iron Union Podcast. Let's go. Guys, what's up? Welcome inside the Iron Union Podcast. I'm fitness informant, founder, CEO, Ryan Buckeye. Special guest this week, and I'm excited about this one because when I went to the Olympia in 2020, this is when they kind of just had to scramble, put something together. They moved it from Vegas, which was supposed to be at Planet Hollywood, down to the Hyatt in Orlando, and the production value of the show is, I mean, top-notch out of this world. I had said this is by far the most well-produced show bodybuilding show i'd ever been to and i thought dan uh, and team did a really good job but then i was even more so impressed with my first experience of watching fitness i've never seen fitness competition before in my life uh, i was informed that fitness competitors have to have the figure physique uh, they do the figure posing during the day, and then they do a fitness routine, which is basically a gymnastics routine, a tumbling gymnastics routine with props and, and costumes and just awesome, awesome stuff on top of that. And all I could think about was how in the fuck do these people maintain that level of body fat, be that lean and be that agile and be that athletic and do backflips and do flips and, and all these different things and holding their bodies up in positions that... I couldn't even do with 12 to 15 to 20% body fat. So I was so impressed. And then that year, uh, I had worked out with my friend John Meadows, and we were talking about his competitors. And at that point, he had Sean Clarita, he had Terrence Griffin, and he had Missy Truscott, who Missy is a fitness competitor. And Missy won the overall fitness title in 2020. She should have won it in 2021 as well. But it was such an epic weekend for John. And I just, ever since that moment, I was so impressed with Missy. And Missy and I connected. Uh, she does some work with Granite Supplements. And we've been, you know, closely with Granite. We don't have an official working relationship with them, if you will. But I've always loved Granite because of John and what they represent. I think their formulas are good. So Missy reached out about working with the brand a little bit more, and you know, one thing led to another. And I said, "Listen, I've been trying to get you, I've wanted to get you on this podcast for a while because you have a a niche of the bodybuilding world that most do not understand." And even talking with her on this podcast, it is apparent that even the competitors don't fully understand the scoring system when it comes to fitness. Now, here's my qualm with the fitness category. I'm okay with it being, you know, a 50-50 judging between their their quarter turns and figure and then it, you know, their fitness routine at night. But if you don't have a checklist or a guideline of what the fuck you're judging for when it comes to the fitness routine, how the fuck can you judge for it? So they place 70% emphasis on the fitness routine, 30% emphasis on the figure posing, okay? If you're going to have somebody Judge the fitness routine. Bring in professional gymnasts. Bring in people who have been there, done that. Bring in people who understand that world because I don't understand it. It sounds like Missy didn't understand it and what they are exactly looking for. Is it just like the wow factor? Like, holy shit. That impressed me. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. So uh, bodybuilding world, please clarify. Put guidelines out in terms of what you're looking for when it comes to the fitness routine, when it comes to that portion of the show, because it is so impressive and it was so mesmerizing, but it would be a lot better if I understood what it is that people are actually looking for. So I got a chance to sit down with Missy and during this conversation, you are going to experience real raw emotion for Missy when we talk about John Meadows. And unless you've been living under a rock, people, you know that the bodybuilding world, you know, fuck that, not just the bodybuilding world, the world. Humanity lost a very, very amazing human being in John Meadows this year. John was Missy's coach, best friend, um, close with her family, and it was heart-wrenching to hear her talk about John and 
how his passing has impacted and affected her, and it's obviously impacting and affecting her life even to this day as she's posting Motivation Mondays or Meadows Mondays you know, via the YouTube channel. So um, sit back, enjoy this, open your ears and eyes to the perspective of women's bodybuilding, specifically fitness and figure, and it's just, it's amazing. And I, I think, again, I thought she should have won the Olympia this last year, but we're going to go back to Vegas next December. We're going to be at the Arnold this March, and I hope that Missy gets everything she wants. If you like this podcast, hit the subscribe button. Like us on all our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, uh, all major podcast platforms. You can be watching the video of this at YouTube as well. Fitnessinformer.com is the email address, and obviously this weekend, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Check out Fitnessinformer.com for all the major epic sales in that category. Until then, uh, here is 2020 Miss Fitness at the 2020 Olympia, Missy Truscott. Back inside the Iron Union podcast, special guest this week, the most impressive physical specimen I've ever seen with my own two eyes, Orlando Olympia 2019. She won the Olympia uh, in fitness, which, Missy, this is the first time I've seen fitness live ever, and my wife is a figure competitor, and I said, this is by far the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, I feel like people need to see fitness, like, in person to really appreciate, like, what we do on stage. <laughs> I mean, to be that lean, first off, is impressive, right? If you're a bodybuilder and you get that lean, you're stage ready, mission accomplished. But then to jump off a fucking cage and to do backflips and everything else that you do, I'm assuming, like, <clears throat> I don't know your entire background. You've got to come from gymnastics. You've got to, like, right? Like, that must be a passion of yours. How, I mean, how do you feel when you're on that type of prep and have to put together two routines like that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a lot of like mental preparation, you know, and I, I'm super thankful that like back in the day, my parents put me in gymnastics because it did build a lot of that confidence to be able to perform those skills on stage. Right. Um, but, you know, it, like being a bodybuilder and in the fitness industry, you, you know, like you grow these muscles that you didn't have when you were younger. So for instance, like my legs, my quads, I wasn't able to do that crazy tumbling. Even when I was like six, 10 years old, you know, it, it took to what I, my age now to be able to perform those skills because, you know, doing the squats, leg presses, I guess when I was younger, I was able to build the confidence, but now I have the muscle to actually execute those skills. Do you, so we talk, we hear a lot like in professional sports and it's been a big trend in the last say five, six years of athletes tearing ACLs. And one of the biggest theories behind it is that their body fats are so small and, and so, uh, you know, shrunk. Um, does any of that come into play when you're doing these routines and ligaments and things of that nature, when your body fat is as, as shrunk as it possibly can be given being a female or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, 100%. It's, it's one of those things that when I'm warming up or I'm getting ready, like peak week or something like that, I'm like, Oh shit. Like I hope nothing tears or I hope I don't like break something. But, um, you know, I've learned through these like crazy preps and stuff to only push to a certain extent. You know, I, I try to be as prepared as I can for these really big shows like right. the Army and Olympia. Um, so I'll do choreography like months in advance and then I'll start sectioning the routine just so I'm not doing two minutes full out balls to the wall because that's when you get hurt. That's when you get injured. So take me through the, take me through the choreograph process because you have two things that you're choreographing. You have a bodybuilding routine and then yeah. you have a fitness routine. So for those who aren't, aren't familiar, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, like your bodybuilding routine is done during the morning show, right? Like, that's right. Yeah. And then the night show, at least at big events like the Olympia is like the main event, the entertainment aspect. So how do you choreograph first? Let's start with the bodybuilding routine. Like how do you, how do you go about choreographing that, picking a song and doing what you want to do for that separate from your actual fitness routine? You kind of like cut out there a little bit. No. Okay. So what's, how, how do you approach each routine differently in terms of choreograph, choreographing the bodybuilding routine versus the fitness routine? Okay. So, um, but the bodybuilding part is very much like the figure division. So right. we do, we walk out, we do our uh, quarter turns, we do our T walk, we get lined up and compared with the other fitness competitors. So that is basically just figure quarter turns. So easy. Yeah. We're practicing our posing that way. Um, we're also, we're judged basically like a figure competitor, um, which I, I love the figure division. Mm -hmm. I've 
as a figure pro a couple times in 2018 when I was really unsure of fitness. Um, But then as for like fitness routines, that is just a whole other beast in and of itself. You know, Um, there are some girls that have choreographers that help them with their routines, but I do everything myself. You do. Wow. I do my music. I do my choreography, um, all the practicing. Obviously, like I have the help of my husband. He He's someone that is just really, he, he knows the sport and he's the one in the audience. So he can say like, okay, that looks really good. Or that music is good or cut it because it sounds like shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So like a lot of the rap stuff, um, you don't hear when you're sitting in the audience because it's just boom, boom, boom. Right. Especially at the Olympia. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. That's one of the shows that like you really have to consider music and the audience because if you do have a heavy bass kind of routine, they don't hear anything. Right. That's crazy. So, I mean, do you, do you start with music then routine or do you have some ideas in your head of what you want to do for your routine and then find music that complements said routine? Just like that. Yeah. I try to think of new skills that I can perfect before I start my actual choreography. And if I get them awesome, if I don't, I'll save them for like the next competition. Um, so right now I'm working on new skills and then that's when the music will come. All right. So to walk us through the judging process. So you're getting judged basically being a figure competitor. That's part of it. And then your routine is judged as well. So what's your understanding of the judging of it, say at the Olympia and like what percentage goes to what and what the judges are actually looking for when it comes to your routine? Yeah. So like fitness division, uh, 30% of your score is the figure round, the physique round, and then 70% is your routine round. So the routine is very, very high. Um, We are trying to change things up this year. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in 2022, but I'm really hoping that it's going to be 50-50. I don't know if it will be. It's obviously not my call, but that's what I'm shooting for. So the judges are bodybuilding judges, and they're do they bring in any special judges to help with the um, judging of the routine? Because that, to me, is a, is a different skill set than symmetry and muscle tone and everything that we think about when we talk about bodybuilding. Like you, we should almost be bringing in like gymnastics judges for that portion, um, and they don't do that, correct? No, they don't. So they take. Uh Whatever the, say the Olympia or the Arnold judging, if there's seven judges, they drop the highest score and then they drop the right. lowest score. So, and then they take the average, but you know, it's not, um, they're, they're just, you know, our judges, the IFBB judges, I, I don't think any of them have, you know, gymnastics backgrounds or anything, but I I'm hopeful that, um, you know, everything that happened this year with judging, I think that things are changing for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm very hopeful for that, especially, you know, for the younger girls coming up. A lot of us have these crazy physiques um, and our routines are really well. Um, But then we have some, you know, vets that are still holding on and still coming to showing up to these big shows and they're getting rewarded, obviously. So do you know what they're looking for? I mean, obviously you do. But can you explain to us, like, what are they actually looking for in the routine to give you more points for that? I mean, do they just have to be? impressed by your skills i mean i guess i just don't necessarily know if it's like hey you know this competitor here does double backflip whatever is that worse i mean i don't i don't really know and that's i'm very curious i honestly don't know either what they're looking for <laughs> sure i mean <laughs> but um i i try to you know bring a new routine every year i try to engage with the audience um ultimately the audience is there for the men's open bodybuilders right so i'm trying to entertain them mm-hmm with my music or hitting some poses on stage, I try to get them that way. And I also, just to be a better ambassador of the sport, I, you know, I try to make appearances. I, I'll go to Vegas and go to the Dragon's Lair mm-hmm. or down to LA um, just to, you know, connect and see people, get my face out there. So, yeah, right. uh, it's all around a full time job. I mean, that. I would feel being marketing branding person that I am and, and knowing Dan and uh, everybody there, like, building a campaign around you girls in fitness would be genius in my opinion. Cause it's, it's excitement. It's, it's entertainment. And that if you went to the Olympia the last two years, and I'm sure next year in Vegas will be very similar. You walk in there, you see that stage, you see that production. It immediately becomes an entertainment event. And you, oh, and, and in my, my opinion, you girls are the center of that. Like the open bodybuilders are impressive, right? They sell the tickets. Everybody says, and, and that's where they get paid the most money, but it's not the most impressive thing you're going to see that night. What you girls do is by far the most impressive thing that people can see. 
Thank you. So, yeah, we try hard. We try to put on a show for everyone. And yeah, it's, uh, I, I love what I do. I'm super blessed to be able to be in the, in the IFBB fitness division. For, and, and again, for those who are listening or watching and you've never seen this before, I urge you to go to YouTube and check it out because it's not just like amateur gymnastics. It, it is really, really impressive stuff. I mean, Simone Biles would be, would, would, would love this as well, right? Um, let's talk about 2019. Because that was the year that you were crown champion in the division. It was really, uh, I will say, it was a fucked up finish uh, in terms of how it happened. Um, walk me through what went through your head when you were initially awarded second place before they yeah. got the call right. So it was actually 2020. Everything Sorry. Yeah. The, no, right. no, you're good. You're good. Um, so uh, when I was on stage, I knew I brought my best. I had John Meadows as my coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked really hard in the off season. And, uh, when I was on stage and Bob called me second place, I was kind of like, oh man, like I was disappointed and confused, but you know, I kept a smile on my face. You gotta be a good sport, right. especially knowing that it's like on a big live stream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so DLB comes out and puts the silver medal around my neck and I see Steve Weiber, Steve Weiberger go, what the judges panel and I'm like oh gosh like something's up so he's like take the medal off so I take the medal off and I gave it back to DLB and then he like told me to go to the side of the stage and then um you know I think what it was was a a human error you know uh with the fitness division like I said earlier we're judged on the morning show and then we're judged on the night show so they have to do math at nighttime yeah the comparison round and uh, it just, the, the math got messed up and, uh, I was thankful that they cleared it up on stage because that's a lot of money to, uh, not get, uh, you know, second and first. So I was, I got cleared up right away and really thankful that I won the Miss Fitness Olympia and no one can take that away from me. But, uh, this year I'm, I'm, I'm going to try really hard to get my title back for sure. And I, so I was there and John, I'd worked out with John earlier today. We did legs and it was awesome. But after you were, got called second, you could just see he was pissed. Like, and and you don't see John mad rarely ever. I mean, you, you probably do being, you know, with training with him and being super close with him too. But then he starts yelling, get it right. And you, maybe you heard it because it was loud. Uh, yeah. and then, and then when they got it right, uh, I think I see him even shed a little tear. He was super, super oh. stoked about it. Um, and it, he had a great weekend. So let's talk about John for, for a minute. Obviously those who are watching, listening know that unfortunately we lost John this year and it's just probably the hardest loss in bodybuilding in my experience, uh, because he was such a good human being. What was it like? training with John, getting to know John, his wife, his boys, the family, um, through your time working with him. Yeah. So, uh, sorry. It's no, so totally hard to talk it. about. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to know John for that period of time and to learn a lot from him. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about him. I'm just grateful for him. Mary and the kids. Um, I love the days when Mary will shoot me a text message or call me. Um, it's just, you know, Mary and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago and I told her that I was like struggling and stuff. And she said that to not hold in your emotions and when you need to cry, just let it, because it just shows that you really love that person and it's okay to grieve. Grieving is, means that you love them very, very much. Um, so yeah, whenever I feel like I need to express my emotions, especially at the gym, that's why I've been going to the gym really early now in the mornings, because if I'm training back or if I'm training legs, sometimes I just fucking break down just cause it's hard, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm uh, super thankful for everything that I learned from John. And, you know, I won the Arnold Classic title and the Olympia title with him as my coach. And it wasn't just for me, it was for him too, because, you know, he never got the chance to. I mean, he competed at the Arnold in 2016. Yeah. But he never, like, won those titles. And for me to be able to win it for us and my husband, it just meant a lot more. Um, the Arnold this year, 
was my um, tribute routine for him with the big gold wings and Mm -hmm. his voiceovers were in it. And his um, posing routine that he did in 2016 at the Arnold, the music was the intro of my routine. So John Meadows fans would know that. Um, But yeah, this, uh, it was a really, really hard year for me uh, losing John and yeah, just uh, it hit the bodybuilding community really hard and, I don't know if we'll ever really get over it, but I, I think that his legacy will live on and yeah. we'll make sure of that. You know, you will, I will, mm-hmm. all the friends. John was really good uh, and, you know, great coach, obviously very, very good at what he did, but he was a better human being and a better father and a better husband. And what was some like advice that he gave you that had nothing to do with bodybuilding, had nothing to do with fitness, but that you carry with you? Uh, when, you know, in your everyday life, in your marriage, as, as carrying yourself as a female, I mean, he's has like the best sound bites in the world uh, of some of the best advice that has absolutely nothing to do with bodybuilding. Is there something that's stuck with you and sticks with you to this day? Yeah. So it was just one thing I learned from being around John was that he treated everyone with so much respect. Um, I actually work for Granite. So mm-hmm. he, like he got me that job. Um, just being around him like he always had a smile on his face it didn't matter like if you were the kid working behind the counter at the gym or if you were the ceo of friggin vitamin shop he would he was the same person um that that's one thing that i i try to take into my life now like this sounds so silly but like when you're super dieted down and very very irritable like i try to think like just be nice just Mm -hmm. what would john do like John would be polite and just try to let stuff just like roll off your back or whatever. Right. But that's just like one thing. There's so many things. And I'm sure we all have stories about John and he, he was just such a a legend in our, in our industry. Like just no one has anything bad to say about him. No. I mean, anybody who's ever messed John over, uh, they, they take a very, very hard look in the mirror for sure. Cause that's Mm -hmm. just, I mean, if anything, you look at the impact that John has, obviously his YouTube channel, the athletes, um, you know, in 2020, just a phenomenal year with you and Sean Clarita, both winning, uh, was, was really awesome. And then you look at what we did as a community. We came together for John after his passing, the money that was raised and the, like how quickly that got up there, uh, to help out Mary and the boys, I think was, was super impressive. Um, but you're right. Like his legacy is going to live on forever and that's never going to change. And I think the routine that you did at the Arnold, my wife was actually just watching it before we came on the podcast and the voiceovers, um, that for you putting that together, was that one of the hardest things you had to do is put that routine together? Yeah. So, I had uh, actually before John had passed, I had Rob Bailey's voice voiceovers, not in that routine, but very similar. Mm-hmm. The wings weren't a thing, like none of that. Just the latter kind of aspect. It was a different costume. When John had passed, a couple weeks had gone by. My husband was like, "You need to change the routine." We're like now five weeks out from, sure. the- and he's like, "I will think of the voiceovers. I'll think of the music." Like you just do what you need to do to change it. I'm like, okay. So we did. Um, and it was hard. Like every practice that my husband and I would do like for the fitness routine, I would end that routine. And as soon as I pointed to the sky, like this one's for you, John, like him and I would both just like break down. Um, so it hurts that like at the Olympia, the the prop wasn't set up properly. The music messed up. Mm-hmm. It was all around a shit show. Um, I still performed the best I could and better than actually at the Arnold. So I was very disappointed with placing second. I remember walking backstage and I had my second place medal on and Dan Solomon came up to me. He was with his son and he's like, Missy, so proud of you. Like, congratulations. Please come back next year. And I was like, Obviously, I'm not going to show Dan that I'm upset, but I was right. like, oh, of course, I'm coming back. And yeah, it was just and then I, I saw my husband in the hallway and I had the roses in front of my face because I was crying. And, you know, I wanted to do it for John. but I, I know that in my heart he would have been proud either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion. I thought you won um, as well, uh, as well as many, many others. So then that brings us to this season. 
product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is five percent of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education, willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Obviously, we have the Arnold coming up back in its normal time slot beginning of March. Uh, we're going to have the Olympia in December, I believe, in Vegas. So there's going to be a gap there. What's your schedule looking like for 2022 in terms of competing? Yeah, so uh, definitely the Arnold. We all have to apply. Um, so I put my application in and like letter of recommendation. And then Steve Weinberg is having a show in Boston uh, the weekend after the Arnold. Okay. And I love Steve. He's such a great guy. Because he's having fitness at his show, I'm like, sign me up. I'm right. doing it because it's, you know, it, it costs money to have the certain divisions at your show. So if he's putting down the money for fitness, I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a, like four guest performances um, lined up for the spring. So I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you ha I mean, I know you just had a guest experience, a guest appearance just a couple weeks ago as well, didn't you? Yeah, in Idaho. Right, Idaho of all places. I mean, do you enjoy doing those things? Because that I feel like is just kind of giving back to the fans. Oh yeah, I love it because you know I I have a little extra weight on me, some carbs. So these like obviously I water down my routine a little bit, sure, but sure. I can finish the routine and like get on the mic and talk. Yeah. If you ask me to talk after like Arnold or Olympia, like no way. I'm backstage on the ground like, <gasps> mm -hmm. like oxygen. Right. No, it's so. Who and I don't know this, so I'm gonna ask this now. Like, who who's your coach now going into this season? Like, who have you turned to to help you get to where you want to be? Um, a mentor. 
Yeah, so um, right now I'm just kind of doing my own thing until I find the right person. Sure. Coaching right now, it's, you know, <laughs> training with John, I had so much trust in him. And he was the type of person that I don't know how to, like, when John walked into the room, you knew that he was, like, the man. Like, mm-hmm. no questioned him. He had the, like, what's the word? Not confidence. He had the authority. Yeah. Like the, Everyone knew. So I need to find that person who I connect with on that level, yeah. um, who I trust and who has experience. Um, so I'm still in the process of looking. Which, I mean, if you think about it, Arnold's four months away, right? Not even two, yeah. three months away. So how quickly do you want to find someone? Uh, like 10 weeks out. I'm, I'm 104 days out now. So sure got a little bit of time i'm you know i'm talking to a few people uh but i i need to ultimately find who's going to be the best fit for me yeah no 100 percent. so let me ask you this prestige aside do you prefer the arnold do you prefer the olympia i mean is there a show or is there like a, a, a regional show that's like your absolute favorite to be in uh well I, I do love the Arnold and Olympia because they put the athletes on such a pedestal. Mm-hmm. You know, they really take good care of us, you know, covering our flights, our hotel. Um, I, and the stage, the stages are freaking amazing. Right. Um, another good thing with those for fitness is that there's always like a thin layer of carpet. So if you have like women's physique or um, men's classic, when they're all oiled up and they're rolling around on the ground, if it's a hard floor, that Ooh. thing can slick. So right. we're like, it's not good for us, but with the carpet, it's good. So that's why I like the Arnold and Olympia. Cool. What would you be if you weren't a bodybuilder? Um, well, I would, I would probably do what I was before, which was work in the medical field. Okay. Um, licensed phlebotomist. So I draw pe- people's blood, uh, process specimens. Uh, I got out of it right before COVID hit, which was nice. Sure. <laughs> So now I just strictly focus on competing and my clients. Well, tell me what you wanted to be when you were a little girl. Like, I can't imagine you wanted to be a lobotomist. Maybe you did. I mean, that's just like a random thing. Uh, but most yeah. people don't want to grow up to be, you know, bodybuilders when they're young. And, and I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess you and I are in a time where magazines and stuff were kind of relevant yet. And we were still looking at that and be like, hey, Arnold. And and for me, it was like looking at people like Jay Cutler and all this. And like that, 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 that guy's awesome. You know, he's got moxie. But what was your dream as a child? Uh, <laughs> you're living it. I mean, I want to be a WWE wrestler. Really? Uh, yeah. You still could. I mean, you got the look, you got the skills right now. You probably could walk in there to give you a contract. I know. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be, um, I feel like I'm past my prime with that now, but I did, I, I did used to really, really want to do that. Um, another one was be a police officer. I actually grew up in, uh, Ontario, Canada. Okay. So I, I went to school for policing, um, but I wanted to move to America. So I moved to America, met my husband a couple years ago, and I don't think I would ever go back to Canada, even if someone paid me. <laughs> when did, so wait, you, you were an adult when you moved to America, right? I was, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, here, I mean, I'm thinking back to your wrestling comment, because Stephanie McMahon was at the Olympia this year. She was inducted into the Hall of Fame. You could have just walked up to her, shook her hand, and I guarantee she would have given you a look. You'd been fine. And it's funny, because there are other bodybuilders. I think Kayla Rossi, she's an IFBB pro. I don't know if you know her or not. She is yeah. trained to be a pro wrestler in AEW, and yeah. um, it's just like that world is very closely um, you know, closely knit, but at least this way you don't have to take what we call bumps and have to be, you know, walk around with a limp unless you trip and fall, I guess, I suppose on stage. But, um, what's, what's your absolute favorite part of prep? I I would say seeing yourself change daily. Um, that's, you know, that's what makes you not go into the fridge and eat freaking whatever's in there (laughs) or go to the pantry and have some goldfish or chocolate whatever, you know, when you wake up in the morning and your stomach's flat and your things are starting to pop and look good and you get that sunken in face. That's, that's what I kind of like live for. Sure. You know, I love that. I love the suffer. I love the like hard work, the sweat, everything. Um, maybe that's why I love bodybuilding. <laughs> Take us through your first bodybuilding show ever. Mm. Um, so it would have been 20, no, 2009 
was my first show. It was in Canada. Um, I think I dieted for six weeks. I was in college. <laughs> I ended up, it was like a natural kind of not NPC level show. It was like a natural whatever. And I ended up winning the whole thing. And I was like, oh man, like this is really cool. How can I get to the Arnold? Like I want to go to the Arnold Classic. And then the promoter of that show was like, no, no, you have to compete in another federation. I was like, oh, okay, let me do that. So I started um, 2012 was my first uh, like MPC show in Canada. And it was Mindy O'Brien's show. Mm. I ended up winning figure and fitness. And then two months later I went on to Canadian nationals, won my pro card. I mean, you got a pretty damn good track record, Missy. Like it's just walk Thank in you. and you just clean up and win, win the title right away. Um, <laughs> what, what's the, what enticed you to get in the bodybuilding? What was the, I mean, everybody's got their story. Everybody's got their reason why they found fitness and, and well, let's start there. Let, let's start with your reason of how you got into fitness. Was it just because of your athletic background with gymnastics and, and, and sports in school? Yeah. So also my older brother, he was huge into bodybuilding. Okay. So you had the influence there. Yeah. Like, uh, Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman, it was the magazine era. So mm -hmm. he would magazines and kind of YouTube started. We'd watch the DVDs from like the, the Olympia preps of the guys. It was so cool. Yeah. For like 40 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch it every day, every day. Um, so yeah, I would say my older brother and then obviously my dad too. My dad was huge into lifting. Um, we grew up, <laughs> we'd watch like SmackDown and Raw. Like that was our thing. Mm-hmm bag of chips and then you know just idolize like the bodies and stuff back in the day triple h like had the sickest legs yeah they were mad like, they still are massive too the yeah, dude's like just a machine 50 some years old and he looks like he's dirty and bossed up it's awesome um so then the, the the idea then to compete was i mean did you with was that your brother's influence was it your choice um it i would say it was kind of his you know like he didn't really see himself even doing a bodybuilding show. He just loved to train. But then he showed me Adela Garcia, who she's someone I, you know, still to this day mm -hmm. have a lot of respect for, look up to. You know, we text back and forth. But I was like, I could do that. Like, I could get on stage and do that. So she was kind of someone who inspired me to to compete, you know. Um, yeah, I would say her and, like, Mindy O'Brien. So this then – what's been – I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Like, what's been the biggest disappointment for you in bodybuilding? Um, you know, I think as you get higher to the, like, as you climb the ranks, you start to see who your true friends are. Some people come into your life and they're amazing. And then some people, you know, get jealous of it, whether they're in the industry or not. You just really see who's like in your corner. So, you know, the last couple of years, I've kept my circle like super, super mm -hmm. tight. Like my husband, John, a couple close girlfriends, a couple girls in like the fitness division. And that's it because everyone else is just kind of, you know, they just disappoint you. Right. Um, so that would be the biggest disappointment is like just seeing people's true colors, you yeah. know? No, that sucks. Bodybuilding or not, for real. Um, did you? Yeah. Did you? The other athletes in John's John's world, like Sean and Terrence. I mean, did you guys ever converse, hang out, or is it very separate kind of lives? No, like John kind of kept us all together. Um, Sean's awesome. I Sean and I DM like daily. He's right. great. Uh, Terrence twenty twenty Olympia. Um, he was like up in my room, and we were all posing together and stuff. Uh, with John and Kenny. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we all try to like keep in contact and stuff. Uh, how impressed are you with Terrence's ability to pose? It, he's unreal. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. I mean, for a guy that has zero, zero, he doesn't have a, chore a choreographer, right? And he, he's never taken like a dance class and he's just smooth. It's ridiculous. He really is. Yeah. I just, I, he's like his own, like, Guru. Like I know. I, yeah. I explain it. Like he's just, he's unreal. Talk to me about Granite a little bit. So obviously we love Granite Supplements. Uh, you're there. Like what is your official role with the company? So my official role is lead athlete. John gave me that title. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I manage all the athletes, the ambassadors mm. and help with social media. Um, we do have a, a team that 
does our social media, but I provide them with content and I usually do the uh, Mountain Dog Mondays post. So that. So that's where they, okay, yeah, I know they pop up all the time. And I'm just like, this is great. Like, it's, it's really great that that's still going. And I'm assuming the plan is to keep it going. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, Mondays are for John and, uh, I, I think he would, I think he would really like that. Yeah. I, some, some posts I try to ask questions. Sometimes I try to keep it light. Um, but you know, every Monday I'm crying, I'm crying mm. somewhere, whether I'm at the gym or here Yeah. making those posts, but yeah. What, what, in your, I guess behind the scenes stuff, like what's the outlook of Granite? I mean, they just, you guys just came out with a couple new puttering formulas, which are very good. The idea is to keep this thing running, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, so Mary obviously is still like a part of Granite. Um, John's part is Mary's part and the kids part. So we're, we're, uh, always looking for new athletes, new ambassadors. I'm always on the hunt trying to find people. Um, so if there's anyone listening that is interested, shoot me a DM on Instagram. (laughs) I will check you out. But yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're, we have formula formulations, um, with the owners and, uh, things are really, really starting to come together. I know that a lot of companies, you know, with the manufacturing issues, not having all like the raw materials, we've kind of been set back a little bit, but right. I know the same with a lot of companies. So I'm just thankful that everyone is being patient and, uh, you know, still purchasing what we have, but new stuff is coming very, very soon. Yeah. The nice thing is you guys have bags and not containers. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big help when it comes to supply chain issues, but then obviously certain raw ingredients, it is for lack of a better term, it's a clusterfuck and it's you know, not getting yeah. any better at this point, but what's, what's your personal favorite supplement within the granite line? Um, so I love the vasoblast. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, my sweet spot is two scoops. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, really liking the NeuroStim right now. It's funny because I'll take it in the morning and my husband will know right away. He's like, did you take NeuroStim? I'm like, yes, I did. Because yeah. it literally like puts you in this good mood. Right. It's awesome. I uh, I recommend everyone try it. It's uh, The caffeine is a little low on it, but you don't you don't necessarily need that like crazy caffeine. And if you did just take a couple caffeine pills with it. Yeah, really. I mean, honestly, like it'd be great. Take it with vasoblast. It's a hell of a pre-workout, especially like, cause people know like stimulants are vasoconstrictive. So if you want to take a good pump partner, why are you, you know, pumping in a bunch of stims? But what do you want to do after bodybuilding? I mean, have you thought about what that looks like? Um, so my husband and I, we have rental properties, so that kind of keeps us pretty busy. <laughs> hey, everybody, listen to this. You know, diversification of income streams, people. Like, pay attention. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, you know, we're very blessed with that. Um, I, I would love to keep all of my online clients and keep, continue to grow that um, and just do what I can for the fitness industry, bodybuilding, because – I've gotten so much from it. I just want to keep giving back to it. Yeah. Uh, so if I can do that through online coaching or potentially have my own show at one point here in the in Washington, I would love that. What's your how many girls or boys I mean, total total clients? Let's say it that way. Do you have that you can that you can handle efficiently given your workload with granite and training and everything else you have going on in your busy life? Yeah. So I have like a handful of clients right now. I'm actually kind of putting people on a waiting list Mm -hmm. because I just, like you said, it's, it takes a lot of your time and not only are you manipulating their nutrition and their training, but you become these people's fricking therapists. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so that's, that's kind of hard for me because, well, especially this year I'm a little better now, but like to have empathy and, (laughs) When you're going through a lot of shit too, mm. but, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting through that now. Good. Well, I mean, you're busy, obviously you got a lot of stuff going on. Arnold is a little over three months away. We'll be there. I'll be at the yellow again. So, uh, awesome. I fully expect to watch your routines in both, uh, both shows. I fully expect to see you walk away champ in both too. It's like I said, last year was like, eh, you know, you, you never want to be that guy who stands up and say, you got it wrong, but sorry, you got it wrong in, in Orlando, but you can't say that I can. So I'm going to say it for everybody else, but, uh, how can people get in touch with you on web uh, socials? Tick, are you on TikTok? No, I tried TikTok. Good for you. 
I couldn't get into it. No, it's just a it, it's a cesspool. But on Instagram, like, what's your Instagram handle so people can make sure they follow you? Sure, it's uh, at ifbb Missy Truscott, and my YouTube is Missy Truscott. I put out videos every week. Uh, right now, I'm in my off season, so my husband and I have fun with filming vlogs and showing my training, my weenies, and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Dachshunds. <laughs> All right. Last question before we wrap this up, because people are going to want to know, like, what is it that, what, what's your weakness? What's your cheat meal? What's your thing to go to after the O and just dive into? Um, so it's Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> really? Yeah. I usually get like the same meal because I don't digest food well. Like right. after like big shows, you know, when your stomach's all messed up. So I'll get like a steak, baked potato, and then I love the carrot cake. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> so then that means we can, we're, we're going to have a carrot cake flavor come up from granite soon, right? Oh my God. That would be amazing. Yeah. Freaking um, fat Polly's cookies. Do you, have you heard of that? I or? haven't, but I mean, I'm a stickler for sweets. It's my one downfall. I stay away from them, oh. but I love them when I do have them. Yeah. They literally just made a carrot cake cookie. And did you have it? No, no, I can't. I, I'm like hardcore into this diet now. <laughs> <laughs> freeze it so that way it's ready to go when you're done you can just you can just like take a little nibble of it after after the yarn right. will be set <laughs> all right well i appreciate you coming on sharing your knowledge sharing some insight into your life and thank you for the kind words about john obviously i know that wasn't easy um but i appreciate you thank you ryan i appreciate coming on and uh look forward to chatting in the future that was an extremely hard podcast to conduct especially when we started talking about john you know obviously john i wasn't how do I put this? Like John and I didn't talk every single day. We texted, we, we DM'd um, often. He was always genuine and kind to me. So I was not nearly as close to John as someone like Missy, someone like Sean, people within that circle. But I know how much of an impact John had on my life. So hearing her and watching her break down uh, and, and, you know, and being very emotional about John does not shock me. In fact, it would shock me if she wouldn't have been. So um, just a beautiful tribute, everything here on the podcast to John, and I appreciate Missy's time coming on the podcast and just you know talking about her time in bodybuilding, her future plans, what her schedule looks like this year, et cetera. So um, I want to end the podcast here on a different note. Um, you know, the, I, I don't always love putting timestamps on these podcasts, but I think it's important um, as I'm recording this, and this podcast is going to go up on Tuesday, November 23rd. But on Sunday, November 21st in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which is my home state, uh, there was just a horrific incident of some senseless moron driving through a Christmas parade and um, you know hitting uh, children, adults, the elderly for no reason that I know of at this point whatsoever. And I say bring this up because I, I want people to take away from every podcast and everything that we do is like, listen, our world is just a... Uh, for lack of a better term, it's fucked up, all right? It is just a, a fucked up place to live, and I have two children, two beautiful girls, and I worry about raising them in this society, in this world. I'm not raising them to be, quote-unquote, snowflakes like some people say, but you know, there's no reason for this type of shit to happen, and it's happening more and more often, and obviously our uh, access to data and information is is more so now than ever before, so you know, maybe before there was still a lot of senseless crap too, we just didn't hear about it, but... Be kind to people. Be kind to one another. You can have disagreements. You cannot you know, see eye to eye on everything. But at the end of the day, be genuine. Be humble. Be kind. Be nice. I try to teach my girls that all the time. Just be fucking kind to people. It's unbelievable. So my thoughts go out to everybody that was impacted and affected by the incidents in Waukesha, the, the people injured, their families, the people, the witnesses who saw this. Uh, even the family members of this person driving, because I'm sure that they were not a fan of him or her uh, doing whatever it is they decided to do and why they decided to do it. So make sure you subscribe to us on all of our social media channels here on YouTube, Podbean, uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, a bunch of different platforms. But until next time, I'm Ryan Buckeye, fitnessinformant.com CEO, fitnessinformant.com CEO. Uh, be informed, live fit, and let's go.